Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored presented by Burns and McCoy. Got a lot to get to. We're talking about an amazing story of someone surviving a plane crash. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that has subscribed to DeHuff Uncensored and all the likes, all the listens, and all the shares. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. You're doing an amazing job uh, helping me continue to move forward because this is how I'm making my living now. So I, I really appreciate all that you are doing for me and my family. So thank you so much. Now, this is an episode that I've been wanting to do for quite some time now. I, uh, uh, I want to say about a year ago, I, I learned about this story of an amazing woman that survived a plane crash. And it was one of those things that just popped up on my my Facebook feed and I started reading into it and then I started watching videos of the lady discussing her story. And it's an amazing story. I, I got my beautiful wife that I've known for, she's like 25 years. I haven't been married that whole time, but we've known each other for a long time. And then I got my, my beautiful daughter who's six and I hear a story like this, and not only is it a, a great story of survival and a story about not giving up when just shit just smacks you right in the face, but it's a great story of just as a father and a husband just to go, wow, that's I, I, I believe my wife and I believe my daughter have it in them to do something like this, just complete badass. All right, so Julianne Kopka lived in Peru. I believe she was born in Germany, but her her parents were both like zoological scientists. They're just really smart people, really all about animals and and all that stuff. So she grew up mostly in Peru. She knew the area. So it was 1971. The way they did it at her school was prom was after graduation. So she, her dad had to fly about an hour away for work. And the idea was that Julianne and the mom would catch a flight the next day and meet the dad so they could have Christmas together. Cause this is uh, the flight would for them would be on Christmas Eve. No big deal. Well, it starts to become a big deal. Because the plane that they ended up being on was a company called Lanza Airlines. They had a horrible reputation. I mean, just complete garbage. And on this particular day, and I hate to laugh about this, but it is pretty, it's really sad. But it's like, wow, so many red flags. But again, it's 1971. I guess you didn't really think about this stuff as much as we do now. They had one plane working. Why? Because the majority of their planes had been crashed. And all the other ones were just messed up and they need they're trying to get repairs. Now, speaking of repairs, the mechanics that worked on these planes for Lanza Airlines those mechanics used to work on motorcycles, so they weren't even fully experienced in repairing air, uh, aircraft. 
And the majority of the pilots working for Lonza Airlines didn't even have a license to fly. So you got all that. But they were the only ones able to say that they were going to be able to fly out as far as Lonza Airlines. Everybody else said they're grounded. There's a storm coming in. We can't. We're not going to fly out. Lonza being the guys, you know, they got these, you know, guys. I used to drive a car really well. Why can't I drive a plane? <laughs> guys flying their planes. I'll do it. I don't care. I'm half drunk. I'm not completely drunk. I'll get out there. I'm not saying he was drunk, but you get my point. So they're, they get on. Now, Julianne and her mom felt lucky that they were getting on a plane. They wanted to see her dad and spend Christmas together as a family. So they're up in the air. It's right around 11 a.m. They enter the massive storm. And the sky around them just turns to pitch black. And all of a sudden, turbulence everywhere. Plane just going crazy, rocking back and forth. Keep in mind, it's Christmas time. There's Christmas packages flying all around the cabin. Luggage everywhere. Complete chaos in there. Which, by the way, I that is one thing that freaks me out and and I know I think it was my wife was on a plane once where they just there was so much turbulence and actually the plane just like drops and like thankfully she had her seatbelt on but like she could feel that like she kind of got lifted up and I'm could you imagine being in that situation just nonstop? it wasn't just like a quick moment so they're going through severe turbulence I've never been through that kind of turbulence I could only imagine what is going through everyone on board's plane, uh, in their mind, on the plane. So keep in mind, her mom is next to her, and there's a, a man on the other side of the three seats, right? All of a sudden, Julianne sees lightning strike one of the engines, blows out the engine. And then her mom says to her, This is the end. Now, I've thought about this. If I'm on a plane and I know it's going to go down, what would my final words be? I would like them to be, if I'm next to my wife and or kids, I would like it to be, I love you. But most likely, my final words are going to be something like, oh my God, or holy shit, or God damn it. Something like that. It's, it's nothing going to be memorable. But I don't know if I would want it to be this is the end. It's just really just, oh. I, th- I would rather, I mean, you think about that. It's kind of a dark thing to think about, but I would hope it would be something good. But knowing me and knowing my vocabulary, I think I would probably say something that w- nobody would want to write about. What? You know, you survived. What was your father's final words? He was like, motherfucker. (laughs) That was his final words. So next thing she knows, the plane is like nose diving towards the rainforest. Right? And then next thing she knows, she's free falling. She's all just, she's separated from the plane 
and she's in her seat, strapped into her three-seat row. She looks over, and her mom's not next to her, and then that guy is not next to her either. They just got sucked out. They're somewhere else. So she's free-falling by herself. And I guess she was on one of these, the aisles. I guess she would probably have been on the aisle seat. So she wasn't in the middle. So she was on either end. So the seat, she's free falling. She's about two miles up. Seat starts to rotate. And now, instead of being looking out to the horizon, she's looking down right at the jungle, still falling. And keep in mind all that pressure just going right in her face, the wind and God knows what else flying right in her face. Then all of a sudden she blacks out. While she's blacked out, she has a dream that she's dirty and needed to take a bath. And she gets up to walk to the bathtub. Then all of a sudden she snaps awake. She's soaking wet, covered in mud. And she's laying unbuckled underneath her seat on the ground. So apparently she, she crashed down to the ground. And she's upside down. But she must have unbuckled herself. So her head is just pounding. She most likely had a concussion. You know, you got it, most people when they skydive, I believe everybody when they skydive, they have goggles to prevent your 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 eyes from what is that uh whatever rupturing her left eye is swollen shut she can't see out of it the other one is kind of messed up so she she laid underneath her seat for the rest of the day and the night and just kind of passed out in and out of consciousness she wakes up nobody's around and she realizes that she's in this alone. And she has a time she has some time obviously to sit there and okay she she had she got some rest and now she's able to really evaluate what's wrong with her. She has a broken clavicle. She has an inch deep gash in her leg. She has multiple scratches all over her body. Plus her eyes again are jacked up. She most likely has a concussion. And she realizes she's in this alone and she needs to save herself. So she, luckily, as she's, she decides to get up, it took her a while to get up because she's so weak and so just, just messed up. I mean, she fell 10,000 feet. Yeah, you're going to be messed up. So she finally is able to get up and start walking she just picks a direction and she just starts going she's lucky enough to find a bag of candy so she's able to eat some stuff now i was thinking about this too like if it's if i were to i, I would hate to eat a bag of candy because the the sugar would just eventually just be gross but i mean you eat whatever you can eat my luck I'd be out there and be like, well, obviously I'll just have to live off the land. And I would be the guy that would probably eat something that is way obvious poison. <laughs> They'd be like, how, how did he die? Well, he ate these, you know, you know, those 
you know, frog, you know, the, the one that is like neon colors and just like oozes. Yeah, he ate that one. Well, everybody knows that one's going to fuck you up. Well, I ate it and I died. That would be me. I'd eat the dumb shit. Although I live in Colorado and I have a decent idea of the stuff that I could, if I was stuck in the mountains that I could eat, I would stay away from berries because it always seems like the berries are going to fuck you up. But obviously, if you find some nuts, eat some nuts, um, bugs, eat some beetles, ants, uh, you know, just catch a squirrel, just eat it live, alive. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Ugh. Yeah, good luck catching a squirrel. But yeah, I, I have an idea. But what's crazy, too, is you think about this girl. She's 17 years old. She's in the Amazon rainforest. Think about the shit that's out there. Snakes, other poisonous stuff. Uh, I imagine panthers are out there. Oh, just scary to think about. Now, the good thing is she grew up in the area, so she has an idea of where she's at. And now, keep in mind, if she started walking the other direction, she would have been like 30 minutes from where her dad was. And that's horribly sad to think about. But who's going to know where to walk? Who's going to know what direction? You're literally all of a sudden you plopped in the middle of a rainforest and you're like, find your way out. You know, there's so many directions you could go, but apparently wherever she originally crashed, if she would have gone a certain direction, she would have been 30 minutes from wherever her dad's facility was, but she didn't know. So she ended up going a different direction and she was walking, swimming, everything for 10 days. So let's kind of get into that. This is where it gets a little crazy. But before that, I just want to tell you about my friends at Burns and McCoy. Check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. Available at all front range grocery stores. Burns and McCoy has salsas. They have hot sauces. Oh, I love their hot sauces. I can't get enough of it. But they also have Bloody Mary mixers. They got margarita mixers, which is perfect for any time of the year. Have friends over. Yeah, restrictions are loosening. So have some friends over, grab some margaritas, have a cookout, maybe it's a barbecue, and just have some good food good conversations and uh, have some adult beverages. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's all courtesy of Burns and McCoy. Go to burnsandmccoy.com. They have fresh ingredients for all their products. And trust me, when you taste their products, you're going to know that they put love into everything they do. They do a great job. Check them out. Burnsandmccoy.com. All right. So as she's walking around, On day three, she sees uh, an engine from the plane, which has got to just be jaw-dropping. Just all of a sudden, you're like walking along, and you're like, oh, fuck, seriously? That's just kind of gives you a flashback of, again, of what you just went through. Then on day four, this has got to be so horrific. She sees a row of seats in the bodies of passengers that, passed away 17 years old you don't need to be seeing that that's that's awful but then all of a sudden she starts hearing the sound of water in the distance so she starts going towards the water because she figures if there's water there's quite possibly where they're at they could lead towards uh, a town of some sort so she has a smart idea 
and she starts trying to go towards that. Then all of a sudden she sees a king vulture. King vultures are giant birds that like to hang around uh, rivers in bodies of water. So that's a good news. And she knew that because that's where, uh, obviously, she grew up in the, I say in the area, but she somewhat in the area. So she knew a lot about the wildlife and what they what their habits were. So she knew, so she kind of kept her eyes on those birds and, and she eventually finds the river. And again, this is where things start to step up a notch. And, and I, I, I would panic at this moment, but she just is a complete badass and decides I got to swim down the river. It's her best choice. With a stick as a weapon, she decides to swim in croc-infested water. Oh, not just crocs, poisonous stingrays. Oh, there's more. And piranhas, yes. She goes into the water and, again, only has a stick in her hand. But she knows how to deal with these predators, so she's not scared. Again, complete badass. At one point, she, as she's uh, swimming along, she sees crocs, and they're just diving into the bank from the banks of the water or from the edge of the river and just, like, diving underneath her like she's just a, like a log. No big deal. They don't even bother her. And she just kept going. So, thankfully, she grew up in the area, and her parents educated her on how to deal with these you know, animals. She knew how to walk into the water without getting stung by the stingrays. She just was ready for this. She was smart. She listened to her kids. This is why you listen, kids. Next thing you know, you're in a plane crash, and then you got to know how to survive. So good for her for listening. 17 years old. Now, the this part has got to be just heartbreaking at times she as she's walking at times or as she's swimming at times she hears search and rescue planes flying over going back and forth back and forth looking for people looking for survivors that happened for several days right but the canopy of trees is so big they couldn't see her they couldn't she couldn't signal them to get get her down or, you know, to come get her, they couldn't. The jungle is just way too thick. And then she also started noticing that the wound in her arm that was just like, I don't, I don't know if it was from the crash itself or if it was just later from uh, trying to make her way through the jungle and everything, but she had a wound in her arm, on her arm that was infected and it was starting to get infested with maggots, which is horrible, horrible to think about. And she was so exhausted, she was going in and out of con uh, consciousness. Then eventually, one day, on day 10, day 10 since the crash, she sees a boat. It's on the other side of the river. So she realizes... I got to swim across. So she swims across the river, crawls out of the river. She's just, again, exhausted. 
you got to think she hasn't had it like a, an actual meal in 10 days. She crawls up the embankment about nine feet. And I guess it took her an hour or so to crawl that nine feet. Cause she, she was just done. She was done. But she found a little house at the top of the embankment. She gets there. She finds some gasoline. She used that to clean out the maggot-infested wound on her arm. If that doesn't say you're a badass, I don't know what does. But she, she knew how to do that because her dad once had to do it on one of their dogs. So that helps somewhat clean out her wound and then it kills off the the maggots and she was able to start picking out like 30 of the maggots whatever it is oh just disgusting then she eventually just falls asleep she's in the the this little house she falls asleep day 11 she wakes up to three lumberjacks or lumbermen whatever you want to call them uh and and they're just in complete shock they're like who is this person what the hell is she's all jacked up well she they they helped her they fixed her up as much as they could then they got her on a boat and then they took her to the nearest town uh to try to get her some help and what's sad is from the the free fall her eyes were just completely bloodshot just just dark red and basically when you looked at her uh, a lot of people, the locals, said she looked like a demon. And, like, how sad is that? She's just She just went through hell and back, and people are just sitting there, you know, making snide comments like that. But they get her to a hospital. Or they, this is the crazy part. So they get her somewhat fixed up in the town, and then they had to fly her to another town that had a hospital. So she had to get into an airplane after this. After crashing in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, she had to get into a plane and fly to a hospital. And another sad thing that happened is they actually found her mom's remains. And apparently she had survived the plane crash, but she died just a few days after the crash. And obviously that probably just twists Julianne's mind in so many different directions. Like, you know, you sit there and you think, be like, oh, if I would have been able to find her, maybe she would have survived. Maybe I could have helped her or maybe I could have said my last goodbyes. Or the sad thing is too, you also got to think like, what if, what if she did find her mom? Would she have actually, would Julianne continue to survive? Would she ended up, would that have altered her drive to survive would she would it with all her injuries would that have made her just sink lower into depression and just not fight and then she could have died as well it's it's a tough decision i get it but that's just a weird sad situation but sadly the mom died as well so Julianne survives. They get her all the help she needed. She eventually moved back to Germany where she was born and ended up getting into 
the same field as her parents, which is pretty cool. Ended up going back to Peru and ended up visiting the, the site. There's a memorial out there for her survival and to honor those that passed away in the crash. She wrote a book. If you're looking to find a book, When I Fell from the Sky is her book, When I Fell from the Sky. And she contributes her survival, the initial fall from, since there was a storm, there was an upward draft. So you got that pushing slightly up against her as she's falling. So that slowed her down just a little bit. Plus she was on that spiral, she was spiraling down on that three seat. And since she was on the edge, it was altering the flow of air. And apparently that kind of helped absorb some of the speed. And then also when she landed, she landed on a bunch of vines. And that kind of was almost like uh, just a cushion that she ended up, I say that and obviously it's not like super soft landing like she 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 landed on marshmallows it was good no she landed into that and that helped absorb some of the crash uh of the impact and and everything but she did survive and then obviously it's just mind-blowing to think about it you you fall free fall ten thousand feet no goggles nothing and the fact that you just survived the crash the impact of that and then to walk for 10 days, eventually find help. But not only did you walk for 10 days, you swam in croc-infested waters with poisonous stingrays and piranhas. And you did that on your own at 17 years old. And they, sh- I just, it just, you're not perfect. It's not like she had a backpack and she was ready to go for this. Like, let's go do this drop. It's not like Bear Grylls just dropping in and she has, you know, a tool kit and a flint and whatever does all that. No, she was ready to go spend Christmas with her dad and her mom. And then she gets blindsided by this. It's an amazing story. I, again, as I look at my wife and my daughter, I see that, you know, I look at them. I, I could totally see them moving forward like like Julianne did, just total badass, like just switching the gear and just be like, screw it, let's do it. We're surviving. I'm not I'm not quitting. And that's what you gotta do. Like there's so many times that just life blindsides you with just shit. You just get a horrible shit hand. She got dealt a shit hand. She could have just curled up and just died but no she walked and she used her brain and she figured out okay i hear water found water and then wasn't afraid now the the croc thing the swimming through that that's i don't know if i could have done that i don't think i could do most of the shit she did except for live off the bag of candy am i right What if she would have found a bag of hamburgers? That would have been great. Delicious. Anyway, so good for her. It's an amazing, amazing story. I just, I just had to tell you the story. I just, I, I, the more I think about it, it's just, it's just jaw dropping. Like good for her. 
And if that doesn't tell you to never give up and to move forward when when shit just goes wrong, I don't, yeah. just keep moving forward, guys. Life sucks at times, but you just gotta go forward. Anyway, thank you guys so thank you guys so much for tuning in to De Huff Uncensored, presented by Burns and McCoy. Thank you so much to Burns and McCoy. Check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. Again, they're available at all front range grocery stores. All right, that's to Huff Uncensored. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. Talk to you next time.